these days. And I am your host, Dr. Beth Trammell, and I am thankful that you joined us today. (laughs) You know, I am going to talk a little bit about a topic that I feel like I have continued to share more and more about with more and more folks. And as I continue to learn more about it, I find that it's just such an important part of what we do in our everyday interactions with people, but it is really hard to do it well. And so I um, was inspired by the work of Mark Brackett and his book, Permission to Feel. And if you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it for a number of reasons, but especially if you're a person who works with um, kids or if you have kids If you're a person who just kind of struggles with managing emotion or knowing why it's important to talk about emotion, you need to read this book. (laughs) So he's the director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, and he really talks about some really important and I think really helpful framework for understanding how to become what he calls an emotional scientist. And for me, I don't even need for everyone in the world to be an emotion scientist, I really just want us to be able to understand our own emotion better, recognize emotion in other people, and be able to help label and help children develop emotional expression. So as we um, kind of talk a little bit today, you know, it starts with us really expanding our emotional vocabulary. And so one of the things I've been doing with folks lately is having them look at a feelings list and you know, I'll post on my website and on my Facebook page, some feelings wheels or feelings lists that I share with folks usually. And and the way I have people start is I say, sort of look at this list of all of these emotions, right? And what I want you to think about is which words do you use most often to describe how you're feeling? right? Which words do you say out loud? Which words do you say in your mind? Which words are you kind of afraid of? Um, Which words now that you look at them, you think, oh, that actually describes certain scenarios better than the word I used, right? So I have folks sort of use different notations, right? So circle the ones you use the most, cross out the ones that you are most afraid of or averse to or whatever you might think about, maybe underline those that you kind of realize may better describe uh, certain things that happen in your life. And then what I challenge folks to do is to really try to expand the vocabulary that they use in everyday life. You know, we won't get better at emotional expression if we don't practice in everyday life. And our kids are not going to get better at emotional expression unless we model it for them. So modeling is about us having more vocabulary, more words that describe how we feel, but then also helping label emotions for kids. So instead of just always using the word mad or sad or upset or stressed, like most of us use kind of a series of eight to 10 words that describe how we feel, but they don't really describe how we feel well. And when we don't describe how we feel well, the people around us don't know how to engage with us in a meaningful way. So I've seen a lot of couples and families, teenagers and parents, where um, the person is saying, like, I'm just angry. And then the, the partner will do what they typically do, 
when the other person is angry. But since we didn't actually label it as hurt, (laughs) you see, we didn't label it as hurt. And so the person is responding the way they think they should respond when you're angry. Their response may be very different if they knew you were hurt and not angry. So it really helps a lot of our relationships with our kids, with our partners, with the people we love when we can use more descriptive words. And the only way we do that is to develop a more sophisticated emotional vocabulary. So check out my website, engage in that little exercise I shared, and try to be intentional about using other words. Then as I was talking you know, we have to then start helping our kids understand those words. So when they're not emotional, we have to help them understand what this might feel like for them. So, you know, what does it look like to be embarrassed? What kind of things might make you feel embarrassed? What does it look like to feel isolated? Do you know what that word means? Right? You can have these conversations with your kiddos, and if they don't know, you can help them understand. Maybe they have a misunderstanding about what that word means. And so it's really our opportunity to have those conversations about emotions so that we can teach them how to manage their emotions uh, better. You know, because really, at the end of the day, what we want is for our kids not to sort of be out of control emotionally. We want for them to learn emotion regulation but they can't learn emotion regulation if they don't know the words to describe it (laughs) and they can't control their emotions, which actually none of us can, but they're never going to get to that self-regulation part if they don't start with emotional awareness and emotional vocabulary. So that's our task as we think about how do we help our kids in those high moments. Okay. It looks like you're feeling hurt that, uh, you know, I told you that you weren't able to go to your friend's house. Is that how you would describe it? And they might scream at you in your face. (laughs) And then you realize, okay, this isn't my teaching moment. We're going to come back to this moment and we're going to talk about it later. But right now, I just want to help them feel loved and feel heard in this moment. And then we're going to have another conversation with it later. When they're at their emotional high, that's not the moment to teach. It's the moment that we tend to want to (laughs) teach. You will not talk to me that way. You will... Uh, respect me or however we sort of approach that. But really, those moments are not our moments for learning. And frankly, in those situations for us, when we are also at the height of our emotion, that's not when we're actually learning either. So in this book, one of the things I really like is this ruler framework that Dr. Brackett walks the reader through. And his acronym ruler Uh, stands for first uh, recognizing emotion. I am, I've got the book right here and I'm, I'm turning the pages to get to the acronym in the front of the book where he talks about R for recognizing emotion, U for understanding emotion, L labeling emotion, E expressing emotion, and then R regulating emotion. So again, here, even in his book, he's talking about there are a lot, there's a lot of work to be done before our kids learn to regulate emotion. Frankly, before we learn to regulate emotion, right? We have to recognize it. We have to come aware of it. We have to have a word to describe it. We have to understand emotion, both for me and for the people around me. Then we label it effectively. We express it effectively. And then we can learn to regulate. So 
You know, the other part about expressing emotion well for us or for our kids really does come down to not just having the words to describe it, but to having the emotional capacity, the vulnerability, the safety in relationship to be able to express it. Over and again, I find that many times folks are afraid to share their emotions because they don't feel the safety in the relationship to be able to do that. And frankly, sometimes there isn't safety in the relationship to share some of your feelings. And for me, what I want to remind us as parents is that we don't ever want our kids to feel like they don't have the emotional safety with us. I want my kids to always know that they will have a place of safety to share how they feel. I might not always love it. (laughs) I don't love when my kids are hurting. I don't love when my kids are upset with me. I don't love when my kids are sad or scared or worried. I don't love any of that for them or for me. But what I know is that when kids feel safety to be able to express emotion, they realize that they're not alone and no one likes to feel alone and how they're feeling. So it comes back to remembering how do you create that safety with your kids? Maybe it's creating space for them intentionally. Maybe it's taking them out to dinner once a month to just focus on them, not to have an agenda, but just let it be whatever they want it to be. Maybe it's creating a boomerang book that you write notes to one another in a notebook and pass it back and forth. And that's your space that you create for them to feel safety. However you do it, you just have to find it (laughs) because all of our kids need it. And if you're a bonus mom, a bonus dad, if you're a fill-in mom or a fill-in dad, those kids need the space for these things too. So I hope that you might find uh, some of this to be helpful in your everyday interactions with both your kids and the kids around you. I always welcome feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, any topics you want me to chat about, anything that you uh, really tried and thought worked or you know, you tried it and it didn't work, um, I'd love for you to reach out to me. I'm on Facebook, MWM with Kids. My website is makewordsmatterforgood.com and would love to hear from you. So until I see you again, stay well, stay safe, everyone.